0: done it, and he's done it in grand style with a boundary. Well done, Glenn McGrath. First ever half-century in test cricket. He's got it out! He's, 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 he's got it out! Blaine I has got it! She got his birthday. Not yet, love your team! Briggs-Lapper, 200 in style. What a moment for her. And she hit contest.
1: Look at that. What an inning. Welcome to another episode of the Community Game Changers podcast, where we sit down and chat with community cricket volunteers from across the country and share some amazing initiatives that they have brought to life in an attempt to help other sporting club volunteers bring to life ideas at their club. In this week's episode, I sat down with National Community Cricket Award finalist, Nathan Fitzpatrick, who is a local teacher and the junior cricket coordinator at the Bendigo and District Cricket Association in regional Victoria. We spoke about a range of topics across junior cricket, which includes how the association takes a role in connecting clubs to schools, how they host blast centres and loops in their local clubs, everything to do with rep cricket, as well as their new girls program. After this episode, I think you'll agree Junior Cricket in Bendigo is in safe hands. Welcome to the podcast, Nathan.
0: Thank you, Talia. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, I heard about you from the Cricket Victoria Community Cricket Awards where you won two awards that night. You won the Young Volunteer of the Year, which is actually my favourite award from in terms of where we get our um, our nominations. And you also won Volunteer of the Year Award. How was that?
0: It was good. I definitely didn't go there expecting to win both. I had a little inkling I might have won the Young Volunteer, but then to, to win the main one at the end was uh I had too many beers to. I um, <laughs> wasn't expecting. <laughs> <it>.
1: <laughs> and then you, and that makes you an automatic finalist for the top across the country, which is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, no. When a couple of those emails come through, that was yeah exciting. And there's, to be honest, there's a lot of people that do a lot more than me, so I was very uh, privileged to be, I guess, in that conversation. And yeah, it's great night, and really enjoyed it.
1: It is my, as I said, it is one of my favourite new categories that we've included the last couple of years, and it's amazing the applications that we get for it from people. uh, For anyone who doesn't know what the category is, it's anyone under the age of 25 who's um, doing some off-field work, and the applications that we get for it are absolutely incredible, and yours was the same. So uh, thank you for taking the time to have a chat, and we're going to hear a little bit about you. First up, for those who don't know where Bendigo is, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, Cricket Association. Association.
0: Yeah, so Bendigo, Central Victoria, about those around Australia, it's about an hour and a half north of Melbourne. Um, BDCA is probably one of the, I'd say one of the bigger comps in country Victoria. I think Geelong probably stand above at the moment, but we like to think we're, we're right up there. Um, 10 team competition and yeah, I think slowly becoming a, a really, really strong competition in, in Victoria.
1: And how did you get involved in the association?
0: um i know a couple of the people who are already on the board and they do a terrific amount of work and a couple of them are at my club as well so one of them was the junior coordinator last year and he stepped up to be the secretary of the league and so he was on the phone to me saying "Do you want to fill that role and I took a bit of time to twist my arm but eventually he got me and no, i had a, had a really good time It was, it's great i do a little bit of work in the junior cricket space anyway so then to do it from a from a BDCA level and, and see all the work that all junior coordinators across the comp are doing is, is awesome as well.
1: And what kind of stood out about that role? What was the, uh, the draw to doing it at an associational level rather than a club level?
0: Probably, I guess, with uh, COVID hitting last year and I, I do a little bit of coaching with Northern Rivers um, in the rep space in Melbourne and that sort of thing. And that with that being wiped, sort of like, what am I going to do with myself this, uh, this summer? If I'm not doing that. Um, so I guess that was a little outlet for me it turned into nearly a full-time job Um, but I guess it's yeah it's rewarding to see some of the stuff you try and implement come to fruition and and be successful you know I think we try a lot of things and you know they don't never quite get to where we want them to get to but um, some of the stuff that we tried to implement this year was successful and it was great to see from from a league point of view that we're able to produce some quality cricket and some quality competitions.
1: And what were you doing at club level were you volunteering there as well?
0: I have. I wasn't um, as such the last couple of years. Um, I've, I coached a little bit and captained a little bit and done a little bit of junior stuff. I sort of just float around whatever role that needs to be filled. Um, as I said, there's people that do a lot more than me, but I'm happy just to, to jump in wherever needed.
1: And what does the junior coordinator role at the um, Bendigo and District Cricket Association entail? So what does it actually oversee?
0: There's a fair few dot points when they sent it to me as the uh, key performance indicators, um, but I guess making sure that the, all the junior competitions, fixtures, grounds, all that sort of thing is organised. And I guess pre-pre season is the the main part. the probably the three or four weeks leading up to the season, organising who's got teams in what age group, and some teams are like we're not sure. Some teams are you know they pull out you know the last minute because we're not sure. So. It's a bit chaotic in those couple of weeks leading up to the season. But I guess once it gets underway, you can probably go into cruise control a bit more. But then you have the rep space where we play in the Northern Rivers Shield, which is against Shepparton and Goulburn-Murray and Murray Valley and Seymour competitions there. So that's um, we have a big week there in January. And then what, I guess once that's over, then it's all looking at medals and trophies and getting everything organised for grand finals. So have, have some sort of time off here and there, but the phone the phone doesn't stop throughout the week.
1: What was it that attracted you to the junior space?
0: Um, I'm a teacher myself so I spend a, a fair bit of time with with young people and I really as I said I've done a bit of coaching with juniors over the last couple of years and I guess at that age they're they're very keen to learn they're very keen to grow and improve and to I guess to see that is quite rewarding for you to work you know you're not going to change everyone and you're not going to turn everyone into Australia's next best cricketer but I guess if you can see a little growth, amongst junior cricketers, you know, that that's something that warms the heart, I guess.
1: What does the junior space look like in the association? So just share with us about, like, how many kids there are, how many clubs, teams, all that kind of space that you oversee.
0: Um, so we have about 14 teams in our junior competition. We have a couple that come in from other competitions that are around Bendigo. Um, we have so our T20 Blast, under 11s, under 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s and within that there's A and B competitions so the top of my head I couldn't tell you but yeah 100 plus teams um, overall probably more actually we have about 30 teams in our T20 Blast competition so that's I think it's been one of the bigger ones in Victoria over the last four or five years so plenty happening.
1: What was it like walking into that role when COVID hit?
0: Yeah with plenty of Zoom meetings um <laughs> Which, which meant I didn't have to go out to too many meetings. But, um, yeah, I think everyone was a bit up in the air about what was going to happen. The season got delayed by about a month. And I guess, yeah, I had plenty of questions coming in that I had no idea how to answer them or what the answer was. And that wasn't due to lack of experience. That was just to do with we weren't sure of the landscape of the season. So that was interesting. But I guess once we got going, it was, it was a difficult season from both a junior and senior perspective with... You know, wiping the ball and no change rooms and that to start off with. But I think once everyone got used to it, it was just turned into the new normal.
1: It's obviously a large junior program that you guys house. What's the support like around from the association in general? So, what's the sort of governance that you've got that supports you to do your role?
0: Um, yeah, we've got a really good committee led by Travis Harling, who's president, and he's done a power of work over the last ten years, countless, countless hours, and. I sometimes feel bad when I ring him every day, thinking on the 35th phone call that he's had today, he probably doesn't want to talk to me. But, um, yeah, he does a massive amount of work and nothing, there's nothing that I ask from a genius perspective is too much. So if I need something or if I'm not sure of something, there's always someone willing to help and willing to, you know, come to a ground or, or chop out where they can.
1: And you oversee the BLAST program, my understanding is. Talk us through that and what does that look like?
0: So we, in the past, we've had um, we've got a big facility at Strathdale in Bendigo, which has about three or four massive ovals. So we've been able to have about 30 teams and about 15 little T20 blast grounds all set up there and the music playing. And it's a, it's a really good atmosphere with that cranking and the parents bring their deck chairs and sit and there's yeah, huge amounts of people. We had to steer away from that a little bit this year just with um, density limits back in COVID time. Um, and we used about three or four venues throughout the year and had about yeah, six ovals at each one. And I guess we're now in a spot where it's like it actually worked and clubs enjoyed hosting it and you know, we're able to have the canteen going and make a little, little bit of money out of it. So that's a conversation we're having at the moment. Do we go back to having everyone in the one spot or do we offer it to clubs to say, hey, you can make a little bit of revenue on a Friday night um, with your canteen if you'd like. But So yeah, it was a bit different this year with a few different people chopping out and helping. But yeah, it's been been a really good program
1: by the sounds of it so it's run by the association but the clubs assist is that how it works
0: yeah so this year more so the clubs assisted where we gave them a heap of gear and said here's enough gear for your ovals and you know, can you set that up and just oversee and the main the main part at Strathdale was over was drafted by the league um and has been in the past but yeah it's something we're now potentially going to transition into saying clubs this can be your baby and you guys can make some money out of it as well
1: because I think it would be a common thing across associations to maybe host something like that, especially if because it, it can be an age group that in the country, maybe they don't have enough kids in that kind of age bracket to form their own, um, I guess, their blast centre. How do you go about connecting the clubs into the centre so that then there's almost a pathway for those kids? That once they go through that, that first, that kind of, you know, five to nine-year-old time and they move into junior cricket, how do you connect the clubs so that the, the kids know where to go?
0: I think that's something we're continuing to work on. We've got Jake DeRouche from Cricket Victoria, who's the participation officer. I think his title is he does a terrific job, um, I guess, getting into schools and, and looking at righto you know, this school is close to this club and looking at the vicinity and where they are and um, trying to align them and actually invite clubs. If Jake does a clinic at a school to say, right, oh, the surrounding clubs, you can actually come in and bring some flyers and say, hey, do you want to play cricket? We're two minutes away. Come down Wednesday night and come and train. Um, and I think, I think regardless of that, though, that people know that in the past our T20 Blast competition has been at the one venue. So it's like, yeah, even if you don't have a club, just get here and, you know, potentially there's a team with six in an eight-team competition. But, yeah, you can still play. Oh, hang on, they've got six. You can jump in with them. Um, the fact that it has been all in the one venue has probably made that a little bit easier.
1: Sounds like, there's, like with 30 teams, you've got a lot of kids there. What is some principles, I guess, behind it that you've kind of uh, brought to life that means that, you know, everyone's having a great time?
0: The music has been a great hit. I know that's done across the state, um, but it's fantastic looking at there. Sometimes you have kids not even looking at the ball. They're just doing the Macarena. Um, I think that is a massive hit, having seen a lot of the primary school, school cups and those sort of things, that if you make cricket fun, sometimes people's first experience with cricket is I fielded for 20 overs and didn't touch the ball. Um, but I think the junior programs that we've brought in here that, that have come from Cricket Australia as well with the... Um, less players on the field in under 11s and less players on the field in under 12s just means more scoring and there's only six fielders so you're going to have to do plenty of running and you're going to have to get it. So I think they have been a really good initiative. Um, I know there was a little bit of kickback at the start but I think the more we've done it and the more kids have enjoyed it because they've been doing more.
1: And what's the, the split between, is there a, between male and female, between girls and boys in that program?
0: um the t20 blast itself this year didn't have a lot of females purely because we started up a female competition which we aligned to primary schools Um, that was i guess one of the major things that we were really proud of this year was we we know that you know sometimes you can find some talented female cricketers out there and say hey come and train with this club and they go oh i don't know anyone so why would i go and do that where We sort of tried to hook into the primary schools in Bendigo and say, hey, have you got five, six, seven, eight girls that are keen on cricket and would like to play together? And we actually got a bit of feedback to say, yeah, they would. They just don't know where to go. So we said, righto, if you as a school can get a team of eight together, we'll align you to your closest club and come and play in this competition. And we got 10 teams purely from that. Um, So, and some had more than eight. We ended up, we would have had anywhere from 70 to 100 girls on a Wednesday night in the exact same format as the T20 Blast. So again, this was something we were we wanted to trial, we are a bit nervous, are we gonna get five kids, are we gonna get 100, who knows, anywhere in between. Um, but yeah, to get 10 teams was amazing. And again, the same thing, there was a few that were there for just the social aspect and that's completely fine, but there was a few who now we, from that, actually trialed for our Bendigo rep team in under 14s and made it. So yeah, it was awesome program to get up and running.
1: And to get that many teams in the first hit is not necessarily a common thing that happens. It usually takes a little while for it to kind of to build. What were the you have, like? You kind of mentioned that you obviously going into the school and maybe the girls didn't know where to go. What else do you think was the key aspect behind getting so many girls to say yes?
0: Potentially the fact they missed the whole season of netball, um, so they hadn't had any sport for a little while. I think that was a factor, but I know having seen a lot of the T20 Blast primary school cups before the girls have a really, really good time and they love it, but then that's the end. Like they never see cricket after that, but to say, right, that competition you just played in, we're going to do that for, and we only did it for five or six weeks, knowing that, you know, if we did it for 20, it might be a bit of a stretch, but to go, right, let's just do it for a month. And then from there, we'll assess, do we want to have another comp? What are we going to do next year? Um, but, you know, they loved it. And the feedback that we got from the clubs was, yeah, it was really good.
1: Has there been anything that you've found or that you've seen through that that is a difference between providing that kind of product for girls versus providing that product for boys?
0: Um, I think the fun element for girls. um, You do see a lot of them doing handstands and cartwheels out on the oval. um, And that's with the music playing, that vibe and that atmosphere that's created. But I think, as a whole, there a lot of them are there to play cricket, and a lot of them are there to to learn and get better. And they see like, that we've got um, Taylor Vlemmick, who originated in Bendigo, and she's now playing for Australia. And like, that name gets thrown around a fair bit because she's one that didn't have didn't have much of a pathway back when she started, and was able to make it to the top. So there's the little carrot dangling for the girls that you can do it. And and right now, with girls not having massive massive numbers that you know, if you do have some talent, and you do have some potential. You can get to the top reasonably quickly.
1: And what was the the seed that was planted to start this under twelve girls comp? Like, what was it? How did it transition into you going out and finding, you know, going to the schools and and finding these teams? What was the tipping point?
0: Um, plenty of discussions um, with some of the cricket Victoria staff. Um, I'll drop some names for them to say thank you, Emily O'Brien and Tony Kakavelli. Oh,
1: I love that.
0: Is that right? I love that. <laughs> um, no, they were they were really good and, and helped me in the background and helped the league in the background um but yeah it was sort of we've tried to do things in the past we've tried an under 16 age group we've tried different things which we've had some teams but probably hasn't quite had the numbers we would have liked so we thought right if we start from the bottom up we've currently got a women's competition in Bendigo which has got probably 10 teams as well and that's um, just developed over the last couple of years and, and getting bigger and stronger. So we thought, right, if we go the bottom up approach, and hopefully, now that we've got those 10 teams, that you know, not all of them are going to keep playing cricket, we get that. But if we can keep 50, 60, 70% to then transition into an under 14 competition um, and and play, you know, similar to that under 11 format that the males are now playing, where softer ball and, and slowly initiate them into proper cricket, then we can now begin to have a pathway
1: at your blast centers it's if you're across multiple ovals and you've got canteens and you've got music playing and i'm sure there's a lot more that you know you've got things to set up pack up all that kind of stuff manage all the kids well how do you get the support of volunteers to like to help you run the night
0: yeah we uh had young oliver ryan help us out um this year he um just is a high school student and he ducked down after school he'd um, the league you know we had a little bit of funding to to give him a little bit of cash on a friday night to you know he came down and I, I got there a bit late so he had to set up all the ovals um so i thank him for that but yeah he he got there straight after school and spent an hour setting everything up but we had a good little system that yeah once your games finished you just you the two teams that are playing on that oval just pick up the cones pick up the stumps and, and bring them back to headquarters so yeah i guess once you once you get it running the first one or two weeks, obviously it's just making sure everyone knows what they're doing, but once it's, once everyone knows the format, then it, it runs quite smoothly.
1: And is that through communication? Is is that part of the, like the comms that you send out as part of kind of the registration and and when parents are first getting involved?
0: Yeah, we, we with this massive amount of teams, we send out a fixture early in the week to say, you know, obviously 10 grounds or whatever, this is what ground you're playing on. So people, as soon as they arrive there, they know exactly where they're going. Um, and then yeah, just obviously communication is a massive factor in everything. So the games go for an hour or so, wander around, say good day to the coaches, say good day to the parents, and just remind them that I don't want to go and pick up all Let's the cones at the end. So we can bring them over, that'd be great.
1: <laughs> be nice first and then ask for them yeah. to help you at the end. You are a teacher, so obviously you're inside a school where the kids are, because I think there's such a it's a it's a great place to find kids to obviously go play cricket in clubs. <laughs> What do you think works for when, from both your perspective as a teacher but also through the association, what do you think for anyone who might be listening at home from a club works in terms of being able to connect the club to the school? Like what have you seen that's worked the best in terms of trying to get kids to then go play at a club?
0: I think like anything, you can have sports come in and, and run clinics and kids have fun and might take the fly home but it also might sit at the bottom of their bag and then, you know, everyone's got a lot on and they might already play one or two sports and then it's like, oh, no, it's too hard. Don't worry about it. I think, yeah, I guess what we tried to do this year was we, we put a bit of pressure and a bit of the onus on the schools to say, like, no stress. If you can't get a team, that's fine. But can you get eight kids? Can you get eight kids that are committed and want to do it? And if they did, then we would, I guess, hook them up with the phone number with, with a club contact or a junior coordinator or a club to to finalise that and potentially get them to come and train and that sort of thing and communicate with them that way. I think having yeah, having clinics, having people come into the schools is great and it's good to have a new voice and it's good to do that. But yeah, sometimes, yeah, as soon as they leave, it's like, yeah, we had fun and now I'm never going to play cricket again or any sport for that matter. Um, so I think, yeah, the it's the, I guess, the camaraderie that, the whether it's girls or boys or whatever sport it is, that they have amongst each other within the school if they want to, play together and they've got a good little friendship there that's I think that's the key at that young age rather than yeah I had fun at that clinic but I'm not going to go and play by myself.
1: How would you tell a club to maybe approach a school so it could be that they've never had a contact with a, a surrounding school before or and as a you know obviously a teacher what do you what advice would you give to, to clubs who are trying to maybe I guess step into this space in trying to connect with their local school that would give give them the best chance because ultimately a lot of sports would be trying to get into school newsletters and things like that so what would be your advice to anyone
0: yeah I think the the higher up the message comes from the better so like if we're lucky as I said that Jake from Cricket Victoria was is doing a lot of work in the background for us and I think if he or I guess or someone from the BDCA board is the person speaking to schools I'm not trying to create more work or more pressure on people who are already doing heaps but You know, I look at our school newsletter here and we have 10 different clubs putting, come and play, come and play, which is fantastic. And it's there and people can see it. But I guess we've got, yeah, we've got four cricket clubs and three footy clubs. And it's like, who do I even, where do I go? What am I going to do? So I think if, whilst sometimes there's a school that might be in between two clubs and it's hard and it's like, they're they're ours. No, they're ours. It's, if it can come from, I guess, higher authority to say, yep, you guys yeah, we're like. This is the competition. This cricket club is closest to you. Jump on board, and and do it that way. Then, I think that's more beneficial than having seven different voices come in to say, "Come play for us! Come play for us! Come play for us!"
1: Now, you mentioned that you also do rep cricket for the association. What does that look like?
0: Um, a lengthy trial process with a lot of really talented kids. That now we yeah we have got a lot of talented kids in Bendigo and we've seen in a fair few over the years now up in higher ranks playing, playing big bash, playing Premier Cricket, which is really exciting. But yeah, we've got some, I think we've got some really quality coaches in Bendigo who A, deliver good messages and B, deliver good programs. But it's, it's very tough when, you know, we want every kid to have an opportunity to trial for rep cricket. If, if they and their club think they're up to it. So I guess at the start of it, it is, our clubs, who are, who are your best players? Who do you think could potentially make it? And we're not gonna knock anyone back. That means we could have 40, that means we could have 90 for age groups, but we wanna give everyone that opportunity. And yeah, some trials, potentially some centre wicket matches and, and try and find a squad of 13 to represent. And it changes from year to year. People develop at different ages. But I think it's important that everyone gets that opportunity rather than just being pigeonholed into club cricket.
1: And how do you look for your coaches for those programs?
0: We've got some experienced coaches, I guess who have done a lot of rep cricket in the past who we who we turn to, but I think you know I've got this year a couple of a couple of teachers who are quality A grade cricketers in Bendigo and you know I think just not being a quality cricketer automatically makes you a quality coach, but they know a lot about the game and and as teachers work well with with kids and And potentially they haven't had a lot of coaching exposure and to to get them in there with the knowledge that they have was actually really, really good.
1: Being on a committee and you've kind of mentioned a few parts of your role, so whether that's grounds and fixtures and working with clubs and schools, how do you manage all these stakeholders?
0: Email, um, (laughs) bulk emails. um, Yeah, communication is obviously a massive key to any environment. Whatever you do, there is always going to be someone who disagrees. So I guess you've got to make a decision and on on certain things and, and be firm with it. And I guess this is how it is sometimes. But I think the best part of what I think our board does from a junior and senior perspective is say, All right, here's our ideas. Here's our, you know, three potential ideas that we're looking at for this season. Let's have a vote and whatever the major, like we're happy with the three that we've thrown out there. So whatever you guys want, you know, you, the clubs are the ones playing. The clubs are the ones that we're here for to service them with a the game of cricket. So there's no point us standing over the top and saying, this is how it's done if no one agrees with it. So, yeah, I guess we, we we do do a bit of a majority with clubs and what do you want and how do you want the season to look and how do you want things to run and, and their feedback is is what drives us.
1: And being a young person on a committee, or being anyone on a, anyone on a committee, can be tough at times. But being, I think, younger can it's can also prove difficult depending on the board makeup. How have you managed? I guess being you've come on as a junior coordinator onto a committee of an association of probably a lot of people who've been around a long time throughout the clubs. How have you managed? I guess that role in terms of expectations and also just kind of the stakeholders, but the the pressure that comes with being a face on a committee of an association
0: I think I've been a little bit lucky in that a lot of the people that were either on the board or were junior coordinators for their club I have had some dealings with in the past anyway whether they've coached me because a few of them are a bit older um, or taught with them or coached with them or yeah I was pretty lucky that I knew a lot of the names before I even got in there so I think that was yeah something that was able to hold me in good stead and able to you know already had their phone number so I was able to communicate with them and um, didn't have to start fresh.
1: And how do you manage the stress that comes with you kind of just mentioned it before but if you've got to make a decision that affects you know that's not going to make maybe many people happy how do you manage the stress that comes with that?
0: Um, I guess you just got to have honest conversations and you know pick up the phone and have a chat to whoever's gonna be affected and whoever's gonna be involved and say, this this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. As I said, yeah, whatever your decision in anything you do, people, someone's gonna be angry with you. So I guess you just got to make the decision that's gonna make the least people angry. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, communication and honesty and reasoning behind your decision. I think most people, regardless of whether they agree with it or not, will, will accept and understand.
1: And with your role as junior coordinator, you mentioned that you obviously you have connection to the, all the clubs, and they I guess, their junior coordinator roles. What does it look like in terms of trying to manage that group of people and junior cricket across the clubs?
0: Yeah, I think like all of our junior coordinators have been have been really really good, and if they have had a question, they just got straight on the phone. And they, I guess, they probably in essence do a lot more work than me. I just sort of filter down information to fourteen different clubs, and then they've got to work out all their teams within their club. So I don't, uh, don't envy their job at all. But, yeah, I think we're really lucky that we've got a lot of quality people that I guess their first port of call is to, to communicate and ask um, and, and work together really well and just we're all here to make cricket enjoyable for, for the juniors that we've got. So we're all here for the right reasons.
1: From watching, I guess, from an association level, have you noticed anything from the junior cricket space that clubs might be struggling with?
0: um Sometimes I think numbers in, in certain age groups, I think that sort of under 16, 18 level at the moment is a bit tricky when people find other things in life, jobs, go to the river, fishing, um, girlfriend, boyfriend, and then once they start to get 18, alcohol. Like it's, I think that's not just a cricket issue, that's something across the board. But as we said, if we can, from the bottom up, if we can make it as fun and engaging as possible. You know, there's 11 people that play cricket for Australia. We're not all gonna get there. So it's a in essence, it is a social outing. And you know, some people are obviously a bit more committed and play a bit harder than others, but everyone's there to, to have a game of cricket and to enjoy themselves. So if we can make that our first priority, then I think we're heading in the right direction.
1: Now take us back to when you first said yes to joining the committee. What was it like that as as soon as you're kind of obviously announced at the AGM and you take on that role, what happens next? What If you've walked into a role that you don't know much about and obviously you had people around you that had done it before, but what were those first things that you did um, and was there anything that you struggled with initially?
0: The first thing I did was look at, yeah, all the dot points that I had to do and said, do you want me to retire from teaching? Um, How much are you paying me? Is this a full-time job? no. the first thing I did was, yeah, try and work out yeah who I would be dealing with at each club and just, yeah, send, a, send an email or a text message to say g'day and this is what I'm doing and obviously I'm fresh. So, yeah, anything that's happened in the past that you think has worked well, let me know what, what have we done that could be improved and get all that feedback in and, and go from there. But, yeah, anything new can be a bit daunting, but I guess the people around me were really good, so it made it easy.
1: Was there anything that the other members of the association did that really helped in that first initial time period?
0: Yeah, I was lucky that um, the ex-junior coordinator who moved up to the secretary is also my coach So um, at local club. So we, uh, we see each other a lot, too much. Um, and, yeah, he just taught me through everything that he'd been doing and, yeah, what went well, what, what we could improve, and, and we sat down and, and nutted it all out.
1: And what do you, like, what would you like to see next? In your role as junior coordinator and obviously you've got the, the girls' space growing, you've got a really healthy BLAST program, what's next for, I guess, that you would want to see in terms of your work and contributing towards cricket in Bendigo, what do you see on the horizon?
0: I would obviously, like. yeah, we'd love this girls' competition to keep blossoming and and filter to make our women's competition as strong as it can be. Um that's one of our main priorities at the moment. We're, as I said, we're pretty lucky. I think we've got a pretty strong competition and we've got a big population. So, as we should be, we should be a strong competition. Um, in the junior country, I think we won five out of the nine age groups, which was really, really good. And I've got to be careful because I do some coaching for Northern Rivers. So I love everyone in the region. In the, <laughs> I do every now and again I have to put my Bendigo hat on when I'm watching those grand finals. Um, but yeah, I think we just yeah we want to be known to be a strong competition where, from a rep side of things, we we compete and and we're good, but also that we create a, a fun and enjoyable environment for people to start their cricket journey.
1: And out of all this, what is what are you most proud of?
0: I don't know. I probably don't sit down and reflect too much. I just move on and then go and play footy and then come back start <laughs> three three months later. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I could answer that question right now. Well, yeah, I'm proud of the, the girls' competition that we started because that was something that was new and we weren't sure how it was going to go and the feedback was was awesome. So. And That's
1: your big, biggest challenge?
0: Biggest challenge? Probably workload. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about that because, as I said, the, the President and the Secretary do a lot more than me. But, um, yeah, footy, cricket, work, social life, it's... Um, many days off in between
1: yeah you gotta fit it in around your normal life yeah now what would be three tips that you would give people listening at home who were volunteers trying to bring an idea to life
0: have a go um use use all your resources around you and the cricket victoria staff are, are fantastic and there's a reason they're in those positions so Get on the phone. I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help and to talk about yeah what other associations are doing. What did you want? Three bits of advice. Three. Yeah,
1: you give me two. You got Um, one.
0: Third one is think about what are your juniors in your association enjoying the most and continue to make it better.